the Dive In Movie Cast, a film podcast where two unqualified critics give their opinions and try and differentiate themselves from every other podcast out there. My name is Hayden. And I'm Wesley. And on this week, we're finally back after our spooktober. We're feeling all recovered. Mm-hmm. Nice and uh, nice little, I think we had nine days off there. I think we needed yeah, it. We need a little bit of a break, but no, it was good. Um, I wonder, I want to look back at all the episodes and see how many times we called it spooktacular, spooktober. spooktober. Yeah, we switched it up a lot. <laughs> spooky season, all the good things. As long um, as spooky is in it, it's good. Exactly. That's all you need is the spooky. Uh, but yeah, no, it was really good. I enjoyed getting to talk about all those movies, but I'm now very excited to jump into uh, a little less horror-oriented category mm-hmm. of movies and go back to exploring some different ones as well Yeah. until we get to Christmas season. Oh, and then we're going to be doing Christmas movies. It's like we have like four four episodes before we're thrust back into like yeah. seasonal <laughs> episodes again. But uh, on this week, we're talking about the new Sofia Coppola movie, on the Rocks yep. with uh, Rashida Jones and Bill Murray. Mm-hmm. Uh, but before we get into that too much, uh, just to catch up on all the crazy stuff that's gone on this week, obviously we had Halloween, lots of fun, dressed up in our costumes, we went as the Money Heist uh, gang, and it was so much fun. And I also, I ended up going to another party uh, with my my girlfriend and her roommates, uh, and we dressed up as the characters from the Netflix show She-Ra, which was also a very old cartoon. Um, and that was super fun. My aunt asked me, she was like, what, how did you know about She-Ra? Like, how do you know about those characters? And I was like, oh, uh, there's a remake on Netflix that we all watched. And she was like, well, I watched that as a kid. So I was just, I was just interested. Um, so don't worry. I know it's an old cartoon. Uh, I know that it used to be a big He-Man thing, uh, but no, it was a lot of fun. And yeah, I, that's how my Halloween went pretty much. I mean, we had kind of the similar Halloweens. Had a little, had a little party. Like you said, we went as the Money Heist characters, which was awesome. Mm -hmm. Very fun. Very cool masks that we now get to keep. Yeah. I'm glad we have those outfits for when season five comes out. We're going to be sitting on our couches. Sitting on our couches in our red coveralls and masks every single episode. Mm -hmm. Whole way to the final episode. Um, But yeah, that's kind of our Halloween. Um, But also, we have snow. We got snow for like one day. Yeah. We got one day of snow. I think it was like November 3rd. Yeah. That's Nova Scotia for you. Like I... I do not have my winter tires on my car yet. Yeah. I'm freaking out because it snowed and then it's been like super nice the last like four days. Yeah. Like it snowed on the third and then a couple yesterday I went outside in a sweater and I was like, oh, it's fine. It's just back to fall weather after like a massive snowstorm last week. Exactly. So I, it was nice to see the snow. I do like the snow, but I hope it just holds off for a little longer. Yeah. I'm not ready for it. I am. I would appreciate just... Ease me into the cold weather first, and then we'll get into the snow. Then we'll get into the snow. Mm-hmm. Plus, I'm also not excited to experience my first Halifax winter, because Halifax winters are way colder. They're so much colder, because we're right here on the coast. Um, we're in a city, so it's always it's colder because of the concrete, mm-hmm. um, but I'm just not ready for it. Uh, I was talking to one of our friends, Nick Long. Uh, and he had, he had said to me, he's like, yeah, Halifax winters are one of those things where it's like really pretty to look at for the first three days. And then every time you step out of your house, you're in physical pain afterwards. I'm going to step, step out of the house and immediately get frostbite yeah. in like three seconds. Yeah. We need to like get like three jackets cause one's not going to cut it this year. Exactly. You're going to see me walking down the street in three sets of winter jackets, <laughs> uh, two pairs of snow pants and behind me, I'll be dragging a wood stove. Yes. To exactly. Keep myself warm. Yeah. 
Gotta always have it on deck. Exactly. My pocket wood stove. Just whip it out. Bam. <laughs> Actually, um, have you ever seen Amazon sells like jackets with a built-in heater? Okay. You like push a button That's on a it. That's flex. And it heats, it heats the jacket. I'm really tempted to buy it. How much is it? I don't know. I'll have to check, but... That's an app. That's something we're gonna have to look into. I feel like that's worth it, mm-hmm. honestly. Yeah, I mean, Canadian winters are such a, such a bitch, man. Yeah, because it's like, you. I think anyone who's not from Canada thinks that Canadian winters are just like snow, snow, snow. And sure, maybe in like uh, Toronto and Ottawa and all that stuff. But out here on the coast, it's like, it's just fucking cold. There's a little bit of snow, but it's just fucking cold. It's like everything's icy. You step outside, you feel your nose hairs freeze. Exactly. It's terrible. You you walk out onto the street and it's just a sheet of ice um, and there's no snow in sight. Uh, so it's it's not fun, but I do like those. I will, I'm very excited for those cold winter nights where the snow is lightly falling and I'm sitting inside with a mug of hot cocoa, watching a Christmas movie, living my life. And so that'll be a good time. To me, after watching so many horror movies throughout all of October on the rocks actually felt like a warm hug it was like what i need like Mm -hmm. this movie was what i needed it was like snow it started snowing outside and i was like okay i need a movie like this because i need i need to purge myself of all the horror movies i've watched throughout october yeah exactly it was a nice uh it was a nice break from all the scary stuff we watched Mm -hmm. also just before we get into this movie i don't want to stay too long on this topic but as you probably all know Joe Biden has one presidency in the U.S. And we are not Let's in the U.S., go. but we are very excited about this. Yeah. Get Trump out of here. Yeah. Um, I am just ecstatic. I heard the news, and I was about to get in the shower, um, and I just, like, screamed to myself. I was like, yes! Yeah, we're watching from Canada about all this play out, and, like, we still care. It doesn't apply to us the same way, but we still care. Exactly. I just don't want to hear Donald Trump. Babble on about stupid shit anymore. Yeah, exactly. It's like it's like um, I saw a funny tweet and it was like, the U.S. elections to anyone else that's not in the U.S. is like watching Big Brother, mm-hmm. uh, where you're where you hope your favorite character stays on and doesn't get voted off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and luckily, our character won Big Brother. Woo woo, go Biden. But yeah, yeah I'm I'm just very glad uh, all that is over now and we don't have to stress and freak out. Um, and we have somebody that's better than Trump. Yeah, and first female and a woman of color exactly. as vice president. Come on, we that's love to awesome. see it. We love to see it. We love to see um, new rules. Well, not new rules, but like unprecedented uh, things happen in America because uh, so amazing. Like, After 46 years of old white guys, it's great to have a breath of fresh air as the vice president could be exactly. still an old white guy well, yeah <laughs> I'm yeah just playing. i'm just playing <laughs> no but yeah like we're watching from from we're we're right next to them so yeah. you know what i mean like it still affects us like we're, exactly we are very close yeah so right on the other side all right do you want to sip my wine do you want to get into on on the rocks yes let how about let's let's do a little let's get into on the rocks we have uh we have wine for this episode yeah we're drinking wine because you know it's this movie uh demands demands (laughs) for you to drink wine for some reason i don't know why it was like i wanted a martini or like a mimosa yeah wine's gonna cut it wine's gonna cut it. it's fine um but yeah, On the Rocks. This is the new Sofia Coppola movie. It stars Bill Murray, Rashida Jones, um, Marlo... Marlon Wayans. Marlon Wayans, that's what it is. Um, 
and I really like this movie. I had a lot of fun. It's a nice like little slice of life movie that doesn't demand anything crazy to happen in it. Um, I, I liked it a lot, and I always love New York. I could never get enough of New York. So, mm-hmm. New York is one of my favorite places in movies because it can be so dingy and gross. Like it mm-hmm. sometimes it's showcased as like the worst place in the world. And then other times it's portrayed like the way it is in this movie where it's sort of like this bubbly, like limitless city. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I don't know. There's just something about New York and like the idea of a character such as, uh, as Rashida Jones's character um, who is like an up and coming writer and like just that energy in New York City is exactly what you expect. And so I really loved it. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Sofia Coppola. I love a lot of her work. Mm -hmm. Um, she has recently moved to New York and had kids. So I think this is sort of semi, semi autobiographical in a sense, Mm -hmm. but I'm I'm a big fan of her work and I wasn't let down with this one. I've seen a lot of people online saying that this is one of her worst movies and I just don't feel that way at all. Yeah. We'll, we'll get into that a little bit later. Um, because there are some mixed reviews about this movie. Um, but yeah, we'll dive into that a little bit later. Uh, first I want to start off by talking about the cast. Because we've got, like, obviously we've got a star like Bill Murray, um, who does an amazing job at playing the character he's given. He plays a playboy father figure who's, like, in his... Where would you put his character? Like, in his 60s? I'd say he's late 60s, early 70s. Yeah, something like that. He's, like, a paint paint seller, or he sells, like, paintings, like, auctioneer of them. I don't know. He does something. He's very successful at whatever he does. Yeah, um, and so... Uh, he, Bill Murray does an awesome job of playing this character. He's so just funny, like unironically funny. Um, and his, I think his views on women, uh, in relationships is a little skewed and wonky. Yeah, it's not uh, good. but it's, it's funny to hear that from like, uh, essentially like an older man, because mm-hmm. that's how it was when he was in his prime or whatever. Yeah, back in not my to, day. Not to say that he isn't still in his prime because Bill Murray pulls in this movie. Like, literally, he is hitting on women half his age. Yeah, it's kind of <laughs> hilarious. He's he, Like, he's not, like, a great dude. No, he's not a great dude. But it's Bill Murray, so there's a, <laughs> there's a charm there that is immediately applied. There is a charm to his character. He's not the, he's not the greatest guy, but there is definitely a charm to his character. And I think um, his character, too, is just... It's a nice little, uh, not balance, but like a nice, um, a nice, I don't know, let's just say a nice pairing with right. Rashida Jones's character, uh, because he, his world is a lot more extravagant than hers is, and so the, the two characters together make for a really interesting combination. Yeah. Uh, Bill Murray is amazing in this. I, I would say that this is one of his best roles in like a, a long time. I think mm-hmm. he's pretty hilarious in this and you know like i just said he applies a likability to a character who should not be very likable yeah and that's you know that's the charm of bill murray i think he's always not great at playing unlikable characters but he his characters are always kind of snarky but he adds something like lovable to that Mm -hmm. even in ghostbusters he's kind of well yeah ghostbusters ghostbusters is the perfect example Mm -hmm. because his character is the care is like almost the cool guy he knows all the sciencey stuff um but he's also like kind of too cool for it at the same time. Yeah. Um, and so that's what Bill Murray plays a lot. And so it's fun to see him as an older man um, doing kind of the same character and it fitting so well. Yeah. 
I'm uh, I'm not too familiar with a lot of Rashida Jones's work. I think I've seen her. I think she's in Social Network. I've seen her there, mm-hmm. and I've seen her in The Office. Yeah. So, aside from this, she's also she does oh, a really good job in Parks and Rec. Yeah. yeah. Forgot about that one. That's kind of where I know her the most from. Mm-hmm. She's like main character on that next to Amy Poehler, right? Yeah, not really. Oh, okay. She's she's I don't know. It's it's like The Office where she's just one of the other characters. Okay. Um, but she's kind of like Amy Poehler's in the in the show. She's like Amy Poehler character's uh, best friend. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so they work really well together. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, but the cast in this is just great, man. Marlon Wayans is an actor that I usually don't expect a lot from. Dude, I my favorite movie with him that he's in is White Chicks. That yeah. is it. Yeah, he's hilarious in that. Um, I mean, I don't really know a whole lot of his other movies. Um, but yeah, no, he does a really good job in this that I don't expect. I didn't expect from him. And it's not like he has a huge role either. Um, in reality, we don't even see him on screen that much. Uh, but he does a really good job in this movie and his character um, and just the way that he holds himself as the character. Like, for example, um, him as him being like this wealthy bus- this businessman who's doing like a startup company and all this stuff, um, just like the little interactions we get where Rashida Jones is trying to uh, in the morning make breakfast for everyone and get the kids ready for school and he is like rushing around and like, he the way he's just nonchalantly um kind of puts her in the mother role of like doing everything mm-hmm. uh is very fitting for his character um and so i think he does a really good job he's you know he's always playing like the over the top like really intense like comedic roles and this one he's very subdued mm-hmm. he's got a smaller role so like he he doesn't have a lot to work with but he makes it work like he's yeah. and especially considering this movie's premise is based around uh her suspecting him of cheating. Yeah. He's kind of likable. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. he, he just brings something to that role that I would have never expected from, from Marlon Wayans. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, those are kind of like our main characters. I don't really know. I don't think there's any other standout actors in this movie. Yeah. Um, Je- Jenny Slate's there in as that like really annoying girl. Oh yeah. True. true. But she's funny in it. But mm-hmm. like, uh, I think that's obviously the purpose of that character is to just yeah. be, yeah. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I wouldn't say she's like remarkable, but she's funny in it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess we can move on to cinematography. Unless you have anything else to say about the characters. No, no. Yeah. Um, cinematography is a huge thing in this movie. I love any time we're in New York, like we were saying, anytime we're in New York, I love it. I love the scenery of New York. I love the way that this movie paints New York. Because um, paired with the soundtrack, which is so good as well, um of like these busy jazz songs and like i don't think there's any actual real songs other than the ones that bill murray sings yeah um but it's just that that busy jazz like music uh, accompanied with the cinematography of new york and the busyness of all the characters it just makes you feel like you're in new york you're in that craziness you're in that stressful environment and then totally switches on you and takes you away to mexico and that stress is immediately re- uh, relieved and you feel relaxed like you're in Mexico on a vacation. Yeah. Um, which also made me very sad because I was like, man, when's the next time I can travel? I, I know. I think one of my big things about when the next time I can travel is is that I want to go to New York. I just really want to go back there. I've been there once before. I went on a, a long time ago, I went on a missions trip as a kid. Uh, to New York, and I loved it. And I would just really love to go back there. I've I w- never gotten to go. Oh, dude, it's 
the hustle, the bustle, the subway, the <laughs> random people on the street, that one guy playing guitar in a, in a United States Speedo. Like, mm. there's nothing else. There's nothing that is comparable to New York. We'll have to go. because I, Absolutely. Ugh, I've, so uh, good. I've always loved it whenever I'm watching movies. Like, it's one of my favorite places to, like, set a story is New York. Mm-hmm. And it's just one of those cities that I, like, look at and I'm like, okay, that's a great city. Like, New York just has such a, a cool vibe to it. Yeah. That so many cities kind of lack. It's just like it's got so much personality. But uh, yeah, this movie makes me miss life pre-COVID so bad. Oh, so much. It makes me miss being able to just buy a plane ticket and go travel or go into a bar with your friends and just not feel stressed out about being there or wear a face mask until you get to your table and just being able to get a martini or like a whiskey on the rocks. Yeah. I mean, we can still do that here, but that same sense of like, I'm going to go to the bar and just get a whiskey on the rocks. It's... It's not there anymore. It's different, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and with that being said, I don't know if, sorry for this little random tangent, but I don't know if it, things will ever really go back to the way that they were, which is upsetting because I know a lot of people want things to go back to the way they were. I think COVID will change kind of the course of who we are as people in society. Mm-hmm. I think masks could probably become something that's normalized because it's already normalized in like, uh, Japan and like Asia and all those places and Ugh, so I hate it. It's it, I understand why people would be upset if things don't go back to the way that they were, but it's almost impossible, you know, for everything to go back normal. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it definitely makes me miss pre-COVID. Um, so I hope hopefully after all this blows over, we will be able to go into a bar and get a whiskey sour or just like the most old fashioned drink you can so I can finally live out my, I have this, I have this thing on my bucket list that I really want to live out, which is go to a bar by yourself, order an old fashioned, sit there and just drink it. Mm. Because when you do that, everyone knows there's something wrong. Yeah. (laughs) But I just want to do it just for the experience of, of like the bartender being like, Hey man, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, I'm just doing a movie thing. You just wave your hand around. You're like another one. Yeah, keep bringing them, man. Yeah. I just, like, they give me the first one, I just shoot it back, and then I'm just like... <sighs> You're, like, sunken back into your coat. You're, like, looking around the bar, looking all sad. I walk in with wearing... <laughs> I'm <laughs> totally out of time, period. I walk in with, like, <laughs> dress pants and a dress shirt, suspenders on and a fedora, and I put my fedora down on the... Uh, on the counter and I light a cigarette and they go, sir, you can't smoke in here. I'm like, in my head, I'm imagining a monolo- in your monologue of like, she was a cold dame who walked into my office. Sin City shit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Sorry. Anywho, <laughs> random well, tangent. A little random tangent. <laughs> um, but yeah, New York. Uh, yeah, hopefully, it- by the time COVID blows over, we will be able to go see New York in its fullest because, ah, beautiful. This movie just gives a sense of longing for simpler times, for... You know, that hustle and bustle before it was scary to be surrounded by people all the time. Exactly. Um, One thing I do also want to mention while we were talking about cinematography is the color in this movie is so good. Because I noticed there's a distinct transition from New York to Mexico. Yeah. Color-wise. New York is always like concrete jungle painted with those grays and those browns and those greens. 
um, hustle and bustle, no crazy colors, nothing like that. Then we go to Mexico. We see the blue be- the blue water, the white sandy shores, the vibrantly colored chairs, the food, the noises, everything. It's a complete change. And I think this movie does it so well um, because it doesn't ease us into it. It just drops it on us. Like, you're just like, we're going to Mexico now. And you're just like, oh, uh, okay, all I right. Lo- I love that scene where it's just like, all right, pack your bags. And she's like, I got, I can't get a babysitter. He's like, well, you might need to figure that out. And then it's just instantly like, dun, 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 and you're in Mexico. Yeah, exactly. It's, uh, it's, yeah. Sofia Coppola has always been really good with color and, like, color grading and making her movies, um, mm-hmm. like, just pop with, like, a vibrancy and all those colors really stand out. And even New York, she makes it look like, like you said, it's all grays and stuff, but she makes it like pop. It doesn't, yeah, like it doesn't feel like typical New York. You know what I mean? Like there's something in the way she shoots it that just makes it feel like livelier. Yeah. And plus to like the, I mean, there's like little moments of color, like the fact that Bill Murray gets that red vibrant car, like that's such a moment of that pop of color being necessary. And also I noticed, um, that Marlon's character wears a lot of like blue suits, and then that one night that they're tailing him, he's wearing like this this vibrant beige suit with white shoes, like it's so stand out. Um, and so yeah, I think I think a lot of the colors are really well used in this, and also very well used in a way that's um, meant to represent like something being washed out. Like if you've ever if you noticed. Um, Rashida Jones's character wears very neutral colors, nothing crazy, nothing standout-ish. Then she goes to Mexico and she has this beautiful yellow dress on. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's really cool to make because when I see Rashida Jones's character in this movie, I see her as a struggling mother and writer who's busy and constantly uh, has no time for any fun or anything like that. And so seeing her in these plain clothes and these neutral colors is very fitting for her character. And it's awesome, too, to see her go to Mexico and then have this whole new color to her, this vibrance to her life, essentially. Um, and so I think it also helps to reflect on the characters, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I really enjoyed that as well. Yeah, I do think it's really clever the way that you spend... Like, the movie makes Rashida Jones look, like, not not average in a bad way, but, like, average. Like, she's fallen into the routine of life every day. Mm-hmm. She wears, like, you know, like you said, uh, there's a shirt that has, like, holes in it that she wears. Yeah, right at the beginning, it, the first shirt that she's wearing is white with holes in it. And I, I think it points out, like, the fact that she is so busy with scheduling everyone else's life and making sure, you're, making sure her kids go to school and that uh, making sure that things are scheduled for her husband and her to do and, like, all this stuff that she... Um, doesn't have time for herself uh and i think reflects in her character a lot too even when she's writing and at the end of the movie she finally gets to that writing block but the reason why is because she was so focused on everyone else she didn't have time for herself Mm -hmm. so when she had that time for herself she was able to write again yeah um and so with little things like a costume and color uh we can see that in her character which i think is so smart yeah it's it's a really clever way of letting you know off the bat that like she's at like a rut yeah like she is doing everything for everyone else and like she has no creativity in her because she's been so stripped of like any life for herself yeah exactly Mm -hmm. um and i think that leads perfectly into talking a little bit about symbolism in this movie i think this movie does symbolism so well um and 
like we talked about the shirt already, but another big thing that I want to talk about was the use of the watch. Um, so in this movie, Bill Murray's character gives uh, her, his daughter a watch that used to be his watch. It's like her birthday present, and she used to love it, and so she's wearing that watch for a lot of the movie. Um, but then at the end of the movie, Marlon's character gives her another watch, this beautiful, nice new watch um, that has something engraved on it that we never get to see, which is upsetting because I kind of want to see it, but at the same time, I don't. Such a good nod to Lost in Translation. I know, though. I know. I love it. Um, but uh, it's like the, it's like that MacGuffin th- technique. So good. Um, yeah. But yeah, so that the watches, I think there's a lot of symbolism in that because um, I think when Bill Murray gives his daughter the watch, it's signifying like that little the buddy relationship that they're having in this movie where they're hanging out a bunch like it's very much uh reminiscent of that and then once marlon marlon's character gives her the watch it's at the point in the movie where she is kind of moved past her father and has uh reconciled with him and uh has moved on from all the horrible things that he has done in her childhood and is focusing on herself i yeah. think that's kind of that transition and so i really love that um how in the beginning of the movie, having uh, her father, Bill Murray's character, be like, he went to a nice fancy jewelry store and got something and you didn't get it for your birthday. Making it seem like, oh, he's cheating on her. And then switching it around to be like, nope, it's actually a present for you. The engraving just took a little while. Yeah. And so I love I love that, uh, the use of that watch in that way. Um and it really symbolizes the hijinks that her and her dad got up to and moving past those. Yeah. And I think it's like that ties a bit into like the themes of this movie and why I think they work for me is like I just love like the whole themes of like feeling insufficient in your relationship and uh, like the that point in a marriage. Not that I'm married or anything, but that point you're in married. Marriage, I know. Right. <laughs> Crazy. It's been a while. But uh, just that point in a marriage where life sort of falls into a routine and how things that don't really mean anything Mm -hmm. can stand out so much when everything is already so like, like boring when you're like, yeah, just sort of living for other people. The fact that like, there's so many red flags that he's cheating on her in this movie, but they're all just like little things. Like that's just life. They're just things that she accidentally like seen or not accidentally seen, but just things that she took differently than they actually were happening or playing out yeah and in there there's so much so many times this movie where i was like he is cheating on her there's no way he's not cheating on her he's cheating on her um but obviously he's not um and so i think i think that's a really cool thing that they do is is they make you they make you feel like he is cheating on her Mm -hmm. and they put you in her boat um so and yeah i was like yeah he's definitely doing it like you said i was like pretty positive that this dude was was hiding some shit but then as it, as it plays out, I think we are we are perfectly put into Rashida Jones' situation where she, uh, she wants to spend time with her father and these things that he's saying, she's agreeing with them because of her own insecurities from like her childhood. Mm-hmm. Like I think it's kind of cool how her father cheated on her mom as a kid, right? Yeah. And she's been struggling to forgive him ever since and their relationship's really damaged and she takes his advice towards her husband, which is obviously like – He's going to want to try and course correct his past a bit. Yeah. And he's mirroring that in her relationship, but she's believing it because of the fact that like she, this part of her like childhood that feels so betrayed by him thinks like, oh, well he must know. Yeah, exactly. Like she, she doesn't know what to do. She's never experienced this. She doesn't know what to do. 
but her father does. Um, and her father is very interested in it for some reason. And his reasoning being that, A, he seems to just kind of want to hang out with her. But also, B, is, like you said, like he knows what's going on. He understands it. And so I think he's trying to also use that to partially repair the damage he's done, even though he can't. Yeah. And also, another thing about um, kind of the plot of the whole movie is I didn't, I didn't see this at the end, until the end, um, but how much Bill Murray's character actually just kind of uses her to do, also do kind of the things he wants to do. Mm-hmm. Like that painting that he's trying to get that he's like, well, stop by this place and just go check this out. Or like uh, always picking her up for lunches, um, like oh, not even asking her, just being like, hey, I'm here, let's go. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it shows that he, how much of his character is actually is just him um, wanting to do things for himself and how that harks back to the affair that he had and how it's all about him, that kind of thing. And so that all culminates in that big uh, emotional scene where they're in Mexico and she has her husband actually left to go back to see her, uh, even though she's not there. And she's like, I'm, a, I'm stupid. I'm an idiot. I'm crazy. And Bill Murray's character is like, calm down. We can still catch him. Yeah. Um, and so it's, it's a lot of being about him. But I think it plays into his character and ties into the story really well where um, Rashida Jones finally, her character finally realizes that she needs to put her first Mm -hmm. and not everyone else. Yeah. It's like she's doing things for other people in her everyday life and then she's, without realizing it, doing things for her dad. Yeah. Like she's following all his crazy theories about her husband. She's going with him to here. She's going with him to there. But these are things that she's just going with. Yeah, she thinks, I think a lot of this movie, in a lot of this movie, she thinks she's doing these things for herself. When really she isn't. It's it is for her, but it's also always impl- implies another person and another person's part of it. Like how she's scheduling dinners for her and her husband to go on. She thinks that she's doing it for her, but she's not. She's doing it for him because he's too busy. Yeah. Or, um, like you said, following her father on these crazy adventures. She thinks that's for her to find out what is going on with her husband, but really it's for him. And so uh, at the end of this movie, when she finally gets through her writer's block and starts writing and all this stuff, I was really happy for her. I was like, you go, girl. You finally are, have figured out that you need to do stuff for, your own, for yourself. Yeah. Um, and you can balance that with doing things for other people. It's not like you have to cut everyone out of your life. Um, and I think she finds that balance really well. Yeah. By the time that ending of that movie rolls around um, – it, it just works for me. Like it, like you said, like it, it's told so subtly, like yeah. through like the watch and through her just like sort of finding meaning for herself. And I guess that ties into like a lot of people have issues with this movie. That's something we said we'd address. And yeah. uh, I don't fully understand why. Like, I, I mean, I do. I can mm-hmm. I can understand in a, in a bit. But like so many people are calling this her worst movie. And I think that's just not true. I mean, it does wrap up a little bit messily. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's... It's told in such an interesting way, and I really just like the simplicity of this movie. It's not like yeah. some grand, epic movie, like not some crazy, deep, deep story, but like it's a very slice of life where you're just following this simple story, and it's sort of like it's just one big misunderstanding. Yeah, exactly. And I, I, 
I see where a lot of people are hating on this movie for. I can't personally compare it to a bunch of other Sofia Coppola movies and be like, this is the worst one because I've only seen uh, Lost in Translation. Uh, that's the only other Sofia Coppola movie I've seen. Um, and so I I understand where they're coming from, where they a lot of people are saying that uh, they feel like there should be more to the ending, there should be more to dive into and really bite into, and... Um, the ending doesn't really give enough of a payoff as far as um, Rashida Jones and Marlo's character or Marlon's character goes. As far as that goes, they people feel like there should be more of a payoff. But I would have to disagree. I understand that people would want more payoff from that because the entire movie is all about us trailing him and seeing if he's cheating on her. Um, but I don't think that's really our finale or our payoff or our main characters. Yeah. I think what people are missing um, are the amazing parts about this movie, like how the, like you said, the slice of life aspect. Like, we don't need any crazy hijinks or like how they could easily fall into that comedic trope of, oh, uh, oh my goodness, my husband's cheating on me. Maybe I'll dress up as one of his coworkers and hide in his office. We don't need that. We don't need those crazy hijinks. This is real life. And so the fact that it was all a misunderstanding is so fitting because we don't need any crazy like, I love you in the rain. Mm -hmm. We just need these two adults to talk. Yeah. And that's exactly what they do. And they realize that they've been um, – misreading each other and trying so hard for no reason um and being panicked for no reason too uh and it's amazing to see that real situation play out because yes i understand it can be boring for some people to see a real life situation on a tv if i wanted that i could just go into real life mm -hmm. but getting seeing it put into this like this new york busy lifestyle kind of movie with this crazy playboy uh, father figure is so fun and just so enjoyable and it doesn't need any of that craziness because it's so real and just genuine. So yeah. I really like it in that aspect and I think a lot of people are thinking that it should be more but I don't think it has to be more. I don't yeah. think it demands more. Yeah, I mean exactly, right? Like compared to some of her other films as somebody who's, I know you haven't seen them but as somebody yeah. who's seen uh, most of her movies, sure, this isn't like her greatest. It's not like her her deepest work or her most intelligent work. But it, I, I do really like the way that it just shows like a, a marriage in, in the forties and like the misunderstandings of like everyday life yeah. and how also just how her, her own past has sort of like her father's past and the relationship between his or her parents have started to affect the relationship between her and her husband. Just yeah. like that, that sort of trauma, you know, like just mm -hmm. without her even realizing she's, getting nervous about this because of the fact that it occurred in her childhood. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, yeah, I just, I really like the way it's, it's so slice of life. And for some, uh, I guess I could see how it'd be underwhelming when you've seen all of her other movies and everything. But for me, I, I really think that it's clever the way it tells such a simple story yeah. and makes it so enjoyable and fun. Exactly. That's the, that's the amazing part is that it, it doesn't need all those crazy antics to be so enjoyable and fun. Even though there's some, there are the occasional crazy antic, but nothing is out of real life. Like the best way I can describe it is it, when you do improv, um, when you go to improv competitions, there's different categories for things that you can do, and one of those categories is the life category, where you make an improv scene 
that is based out of real life. And the rules of that are that nothing can happen in that scene that can't happen in real life. And so I think this movie does that really well, where it does have some of those crazy antics, like Bill Murray's character sitting in his his nice old sports car eating caviar on, on a, <laughs> so a stakeout. Like, yeah. That's that's funny. That's situationally humorous, but that could happen in real life. That's not anything crazy. Like he's sitting in his um, ice cream truck, uh, hacking into this guy's cell phone. Like that's ridiculous. Come yeah. on. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, I I really just like it for that aspect where it doesn't it doesn't try and go all crazy. And also I think another thing that people are overlooking um, is the fact that they're almost searching for more in the ending of. Uh, Rashida Jones and Marlon's character, even though they are not, that's not the story. Mm-hmm. Like I understand that the entire story of this is that they're following um, her husband to see if he's cheating. That's not the story we're looking at here. Yes, it is a device that is used to tell a bigger story of Rashida Jones and Bill Murray's character. That that is the bigger story we're looking at here, and so. Um, I think a lot of people expected more from that scene where they go outside and talk about their relationship, but that's not that's not what we're looking for. We're looking for that relationship between Bill Murray and Rashida Jones, and we get that. I really love that scene at the very end where um, everything's okay, and Bill Murray shows up, and he's like, hey, we could go to this nice little restaurant, go get lunch, and Rashida Jones is just like, I'm okay. Yeah. I'm just busy, but I'm okay. And she, he's like, okay, kiddo. Like, ah. You've got your own adventure is what he says. I yeah, like exactly. Yeah. Um, and so he doesn't feel like he needs to take her on these adventures anymore. Or he shouldn't feel like he needs to take her on these adventures anymore. Um, and so I really love that. And that's the relationship we're looking for. That's the that's the ending that you should be excited about because it is really good. It, it clearly shows the awkwardness of Rashida Jones' character when she's hanging out with her father's friends or wherever her father goes or even when she's with her mother um and we we see that she's uncomfortable and she doesn't like it and that's not her crowd and it's just another example of her dad dragging her into his life and doing the things that he has to do um but the ending really encapsulates the fact that she doesn't have to go do these crazy things with her father anymore she's got her own life to live now um, and it's really sweet, and I think that people are missing that. They're missing that um, ending, and they're being like, oh, there should have been more. There should have been a big proclamation of I love you or something, but mm-hmm. we don't need that. Agreed. I just think it's really cool how there's so many deep themes. Like, and It doesn't handle them like by going deep into these themes, but there's so many deep themes that it's touching on while still being a feel-good movie. Like This movie is a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And it's very enjoyable, but it's also touching on things like feeling insufficient in your relationship and uh, infidelity in your parents' marriage, fucking with your your own marriage. You know, like there's mm-hmm. there's certainly some themes here that give people stuff to chew on, but they're just not. I guess people might be upset because it doesn't handle them by like like taking a deep look at this. But I guess a de- a, a version of this movie that handles it seriously is like Marriage Story. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like very different movies. Obviously, I, I wouldn't say but. seriously. I would say a version of it that takes it more into the realm of a melodrama, mm-hmm. where we're looking at um, this relationship crumble in Marriage Story, and uh, it's taken way over the top um, because they're both actors in the thing, and like um, 
So I see that more as a melodrama. Yeah. And then we this is more of just like a super real, like very real, nothing crazy, a very real look at life. Um, and so, yeah, if you if you want a more intense version of this, go check out Marriage Story. Yeah. Um, but this is this is still a good movie that I think represents um, not as much of a marriage that's going into a divorce like Marriage Story is, but a marriage that's on the rocks. On the rocks. Roll credits. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's it's. I think it's less of like super intense like Marriage Story is, yeah. and it's more trying to just be like, hey, look at this, experience this. And see it for yourself. Exactly. And it's also very much of an uh, autobiographical. Uh, I can't say this autobiographical. word. Autobiographical. Autobiographical. I don't know why I can't say this word. I can't say this word all day. Um, look at uh, Sofia Coppola's life. Um, because she has mentioned that um, her father, like the spirit of her father, lives on through Bill Murray's character. And it's very much of. Um, we totally see how this could relate to her life in this movie. We get moments where, for example, the moment where Bill Murray gets pulled over by the cops. Like, imagine oh if we replace Rashida Jones with uh, Sofia Coppola and Bill Murray with Sofia Coppola's father, the guy who made Godfather. Like, Apocalypse Now. Apocalypse Now. Like, Oof. all these amazing movies. Francis like, Ford is so good. Um, and he would totally be like, a cop would pull him over and be like, oh my God, like, you're amazing. And yeah. just let him off free, push his car for him. Like, yeah. So I think there's a lot to be said about the relationship between um, Rashida Jones and Bill Murray's character and how we can relate to that, that to Sofia Coppola's life with her father as well. Yeah. And also, kind of how uh, I've seen Sofia Coppola talking somewhere about how. Uh, the main character is kind of based on Rashida Jones as well, and Quincy Jones being her father. Yeah, there's sort of that shared connection that they both have these larger than life fathers. Yeah, I don't think you could pick a better actress for this movie. I Agreed. really don't. Agreed. Uh, she literally like grew up with like this. I don't. I don't know about you know all the whole cheating. Yeah, and I don't know how. Issues, I don't know but... how Quincy Jones lives his life. But... Yeah, <laughs> but uh, just in that sense where like they they had grew up both of those two, Sophia and Rashida. They both grew up with these larger-than-life fathers, exactly like Bill Murray's character in this movie. That scene where uh, he gets pulled over with the cops is so, so good. funny. It's like, so good. Bill Murray's great in that. It reminds me of my dad, in a, in a sense, because I don't know about you, but my dad was always the kind of guy who would heckle his way or barter his way out of things. Um, would barter with people to like bring the price down of like buying a couch or something off Kijiji. Um and so I totally like remember being in the car with my dad and him getting pulled over because he was speeding and talking his way out of a ticket. Or I totally remember hanging out with my dad and being like, yeah, him being like, yeah, I uh, was about to buy this uh, generator and I got him down like $100 from his price. And so Peter's out here. He is out here. My dad, for some reason, like he does it with cable too. Or not cable as much now because we don't ever have TV, but with like Wi-Fi plans and like cell phone plans and stuff. He'll be like, he does this thing that I love um, where he's like, they'll be like, oh yeah, we can give you this awesome offer with these great deals and all this stuff. And he's like, hmm, nice. I, I kind of got like a little bit better offer from this other company. Is there anything you oh. could offer me better? And it's like, whoa! And they do. They give him like a better offer. Yeah, because he's about to leave. He's like, no, I've got a better deal. I don't exactly. need you guys. So they're like, oh, oh, oh. And then they drop it down more. So I think that's one thing that I really related to and I absolutely loved is that like 
idea of this playboy father who can talk his way out of anything and lives his life freely and enjoys the luxury of the highest riches in New York where he's like, where's your husband going tonight? And she's like, some bar place, somewhere, wherever. And he's like, that place has no class. You should go to this place. And it's oh, just the, the wall decor and like all this stuff. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Yeah, he's living good. He's living he's the like life. Getting, getting a martini for his, uh, for his daughter and getting a whiskey on the rocks for himself. Exactly. This movie's got me craving like whiskeys on the rocks and martinis now like, i know I, f- I feel like i'm gonna be drinking like that for like the next like two weeks i want to like uh, sometime soon we'll have to dress up fancy and just go out for dinner for the fun of it yeah we went out um for dinner a couple nights ago and i was like okay i need a margarita or something yeah after on the rocks get dressed fancy um but yeah i just one other thing i do want to say um about this movie is i think that I know I've already talked about this, but I think that people are missing that um, slice of life that is really what this movie is about, like the realism of this movie. Um, I have been reading a lot of plays and a lot of uh, watching a lot of movies um, that are a lot older. Like, for example, I just recently uh, was reading a very uh, – oh, do you hear that? Some weird creaking going on about us. No, I think that's more drilling. You may hear some drilling in this episode. I'm sorry. We have construction going on outside. Um, uh, but yeah, I've been reading a lot of movie, uh, a lot of plays and watching a lot of movies, and a lot of them take their stab at Slice of Life, I've noticed. Um, I had a really interesting play that I recently read where um, it was about a woman who, this was said a very long time ago, um, in Japan, and she had to, she was trying to climb that social ladder and trying to make her way in the world and pay for the things she had to. And to do that, she had to become a man. She had to dress like a man and be like, oh, I'm this person's t- uh, cousin. Is this the plot for Mulan? No. <laughs> I'm um, just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, but the interesting thing is at the end of the play, it doesn't give you an ending. It actually asks you to make your own ending. Hmm. It, at the end of the play, um, the woman is like put into uh, court and is like, you can't be living this double life. Um, and so it asks you to kind of look at life in that way and be like, um, what was wrong about this? How would you write a happy ending for this? And I think that's something that people need to look at when they watch this movie. It's not how can you write a happy ending to this, but how, did this, how does this apply to your life? Um, I feel like there's probably a lot of people out there who are in marriages where they're confused and um, they don't know what's going on and uh, they feel like their significant other's cheating on them. Or maybe they have a bad relationship with their father that they never got the chance to actually uh, figure out and talk and just get through that. And so I think this movie doesn't demand for you to have a good time and laugh at everything and like for that ending to be super intense. I think what it asks you to do is to look at your own life and see where these things are in your own life and how you can go through it. And are you actually looking out for yourself or are you looking out for other people through yourself? Right. And are you wearing yourself out through this? Mm-hmm. Are you living a constant day-to-day same thing over and over and over again? Um, and do you need to spice up your life a little bit? Yeah. And so I think when people are upset about this movie be not having the payoff that they want – 
I don't think it needs the payoff that uh, you're really expecting. I think you can give yourself that payoff by looking into your own life. And I guess, yeah, I guess that's kind of why this works for me is because there are things like a committed relationship. I've been dating my girlfriend for six years now. Like there's things like that where it touches on like, um, like the more slow parts of a relationship and just like. No, I totally, I totally get where you're going. I, I, it, it looks at those, um, moments in life that no one wants to look at in a movie. No one's mm-hmm. asking to look at a, a moment in a relationship that's been going, that for a married couple that's been going on for years that is like them having a tough time. Yeah. No one likes to look at that, but it's very relatable. Yeah. Everyone has gone through that. I Everyone just, has done that. I love the contrast of like things like, you know, how awkward their dinner is when they're, when they're on the rocks, when they're, when they're fighting mm-hmm. or not fighting, but like when there's this tension between them, this unspoken tension, how awkward the dinner is. And I, I felt that, you know, like where we both are clearly not like us. Mm-hmm. Like we're having a dinner and it's quieter than usual and both of us pick up on it, you know, like those little things. But I, I actually really like the ending of this movie, just that that same dinner that they had earlier, but like now good. Yeah, exactly. They've made it out to the other side. Yeah, I just think it pretty brilliantly reflects on like the slower parts of a relationship and how things can feel stale even when they're not and just how I like, can put some paranoia into people's heads. I really think it just handles commitment and long term relationship in this movie very well the way it. Uh, talks about it yeah i can i can understand people rating this like lower than some of her other movies but i'm just kind of stunned as to like seeing a lot of two stars out of five and i'm like it's not that yeah bad, whoa. right i'm like holy that's intense like i could see people giving it a three and being like kind of underwhelming sure but uh yeah i i'm just i'm kind of stumped as to why people don't like this as much like i would say her movie bling ring is far worse than this one if we're talking worse sofia coppola movies uh, the only good part of that movie is Emma Watson saying the line, I want to rob. It's like the fun- <laughs> it's like the funniest part ever. But uh, yeah, I would rate this like when I'm talking Sofia Coppola movies, I'd probably put this as like my third favorite buyer. So mm. I don't know. I don't know where people are coming from necessarily. Yeah, I wouldn't put it as a two because anything below a three and a half or like a three, actually anything below like a three, I am... Um, I would say it as like I didn't like it. Yeah, like, it's like that. It's like, like a two bad. out of five. It's like a, that's a bad movie. Yeah, and I I disagree wholeheartedly. I don't I don't think this is a bad movie. It's not a perfect movie. No, I'm sure some people find it a little lackluster. I even found it a little lackluster. Um, but that doesn't mean it's a bad movie. Yeah, the ending could have used a bit more for sure. Mm-hmm. But um, the ride is just so good, and I mean Rashida Jones and Bill Murray are just like I cannot tr- say this enough. They're so good in this. Yeah, like, they're a great combo. Yeah, the chemistry that they have in this, like, it makes this movie... I feel like without Rashida Jones and Bill Murray, this movie would be like a three. But with mm. them, it's like it's like a four for me. Like, this is a four out of five because they're just so electric together. And, like, the chemistry that they have on screen, like, they're so good. Yeah, they're really good together. Mm-hmm. Um, One quote I do want to say, I did want to read uh, before we just finish off here. Um. I look to a lot. I look to a uh, guy. His name is Roger Ebert. Roger Ebert. Yeah. Ebert. Thank you. Um, he does a lot of reviews. That's where I do a lot of my research. And he had this really awesome quote in his article about on the rocks. Go check it out. It's re- it does a really good job at talking about Sofia Coppola and her movies and how uh, her cinematic uh, view really shines to this movie. Um, he did rate it a three and a, a three and a half. That's fair. Um, but that's fair. Uh, he says that On the Rock shows New York as it is, a place where dreams don't come true. 
Some days there's no place in the world you'd rather be. A place where your ordinary life looks like a Greek tragedy and an Italian comedy. A place where we write our own stories when fate fails to provide. It's a good quote. And the way I see that is, at least through this movie, is that I think, like we said, like we were talking about at the beginning of this podcast, New York is this amazing place. Like we put it in our head as like this beautiful streets bustling where the city's alive, that kind of place, right? But it can also be the place where dreams don't come true, mm-hmm. where people go and they struggle. A lot of the times, there are I've heard so many stories, like Lin-Manuel Miranda, an amazing uh, playwright and uh, musical music, musical writer and like mm-hmm. this amazing actor. Um, for years, he spent uh, his acting career, his earlier acting career, standing on the side of the street, giving out tickets, free tickets to shows he was going to. Like... New that, York is the kind of place that screams, that's where I got my stardom. But what we don't see is the before of that, where you're standing on the side of the street busking out tickets to mm-hmm. come see your show. Yeah, then the man made Hamilton. Then the man made Hamilton, and he's like a legend, a myth, and I love him so much, and I would give him a little kiss on the cheek. <laughs> right on the cheek. Right on the cheek. Um, I would not throw away my shot. I'd give him that kiss on the cheek damn um but yeah i think i think it really shows through this movie how we've got this beautiful bustling city of new york that we all love and we instead of experiencing a love story we experience a marriage that's on the rocks and so every everything is on the rocks in this movie the whiskey's on the rocks so much stuff's on the rocks um the father-daughter relationship's on the rocks everything's on the rocks um and so i think it's i think it's really good in a way of just like taking that deep dive of this is New York, but this is real life. Um, and so we can't take New York as like, oh, this beautiful place where dreams come true because oftentimes they don't. Yeah, um, for sure. So I think that's where this movie really shines. And if I had to rate it, I'd give it a solid four. Yeah, it's a four for me out of five as well. Mm-hmm. I put it a solid four because, yes, I understand people feeling disappointed with this movie. And maybe it's just because I've been watching so many horror movies that are over the top and like all this intense stuff. And and since October, um, and I've been watching all these like super cynical old films for theater or film class. Um, maybe just this simple slice of life was what I needed. But I think if you go into this movie expecting a funny comedy that's got all this crazy stuff going on, you'll be disappointed, and you should really just take a moment, step back, and say, okay, this movie doesn't have to be a crazy comedy. Let's just experience it for what it is. That being said, it is very funny. It is very funny. Yeah, I it's find totally movie, very funny. This movie had me laughing quite a bit. And it doesn't need those crazy comedic situations to be funny. It can be funny in its own uh, irony and its own little situations. Yeah. And so I think I think I personally really enjoyed this movie. Mm-hmm. Four uh, out of five. Yeah, I really enjoyed it, and I think it's a movie that I could watch again and again and again um, because there's no real like crazy over the top comedic consequences or things like that. It's just very real, and I love the fact that it is real. Yeah, I mean, I watched it twice. Like I watched it uh, with my parents. And then I came back and I was like, okay, you need to watch On the Rocks. We're going to talk about it on the podcast. And you're like, all right. So I watched it and I I, I had planned on sitting down. I was like, yeah, I'll I'll watch like 30 minutes. Then I watched the whole movie. Exactly. Like it's, to me, I feel like I'm going to get a lot of uh, replay out of this one just as like a background watch. Like it's just, I feel like it's one of those comfort movies for me where I just like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's just, it's so um, funny, but it also has so many good themes in it to me. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I just feel like it's really well done. And, uh. People are kind of crazy for hating this as much as they do. I can respect people not 
loving this, but I just I don't understand why people are hating on this. Yeah, I don't know either. But that's your that opinion. Being said that's your opinion, and you can go watch this movie and make your own opinions about it. It is available for you to watch, uh, and actually, if you have an iPhone, you probably have a free trial for it, so you can probably watch this for free uh, on Apple TV, Apple yeah. Plus TV, or whatever they call it their their streaming service. Apple TV. Um, but yeah, I think that's about it for this episode. Um, thanks, thanks again for listening. If you want to check out our other episodes, you can find us on Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google, wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can also check us out on Instagram. We got an Instagram page. It's at the Dive In Movie Cast. Um, we post a bunch of movie news and all that stuff, so check that out. Uh, and you can also find us on our individual Instagrams. I'm at Wesley Giffen. I am at Hayden Kutris, and it is the same on our letterbox. But yeah. As always, we are the Diving Movie Cast, and we'll see you guys next time.